0: Gay SA Radio where you are family. In this series we listen to the discussions that were held during the South African LGBTI Business Summit setting an LGBTI economic empowerment agenda. The summit was held at the Equinox Centre at the Absa Capital in Santon in Johannesburg on Tuesday the 11th of September 2018. The purpose of this inaugural South African LGBTI Business Summit is to position LGBTI economic muscle in the business sphere by making a strong business case for the economic inclusion of LGBTI people and, by doing that, open up new business and other economic empowerment opportunities for LGBTI people. Discussions during the summit will demonstrate how this can be done, identify opportunities to make it happen and craft strategies to overcome obstacles. In Session 7, the topic was Enabling Trade Unions and Employee Affinity Groups to Become Champions of LGBTI Workplace and Supply Chain Inclusion. Trade unions have historically been champions of social and economic justice in South Africa, but have done little to champion LGBTI economic inclusion. At the same time, LGBTI employee affinity groups have emerged as special interest groups mostly amongst office-based employees in blue-chip corporates. The session explored what strategies can be used to broaden the worker advocacy base for LGBTI workplace and supply chain inclusion. We apologise for some of the sound quality. Hello.
1: So let me I like to introduce that thing. My name is from the Foundation. Just a little about the Foundation is that we're uh, an organization that works specifically with uh, LGBTIQ plus youth. We've got different kinds of programs we basically run around education societies on two levels. On one level, we work directly with LGBTIQ people, by uh, giving them a dialogue and in information around understanding themselves. And another level, we work with social violence. Uh, this will be, uh, we've got with the public of our health um, healthcare workers and um, So that's what we pretty much do. I mean, foundation is very small. But, uh, well, but uh, the reason for today is like we're probably not here to get the real uh, from the other foundation. I don't think we're going to get into explaining what the other foundation is, because that's what we that that do Yeah. Um Then uh, we're here to talk about three years, basically. Regards to issues in terms of like how uh, do trade unions do regards to artificial artificial issues are they integrated are we getting there are we on the right track what are the gaps and just first and foremost before I introduce my panelists uh, we don't necessarily have like a structure agenda for let's bring it up let's see what's there what are the thoughts and it's open to everyone so joining me and the panel here I first have from the South African Teachers Union. And then from um, South African, Af- so uh, South African ex-miners' workers, and then lastly Linda um, Makenso from the show. Um So, opening statements from my panelists. Like when you basically got the invitation to come and have the discussion around these issues, trade unions and outreach people, what was your first thought? You can go any other. Okay, maybe let host. me yeah. Um So when I got the brief, you yeah, um,
2: know. For me, the main thing was the fact that when um, when I founded the LGBTI Enterprise it shall, if, if it was under the, the discrimination that I had been uh, that I had gone through as a self-identifying gay man uh, within other corporates that I'd worked for, and I thought, how do I make a difference so that number one, uh, none of my peers have to go through what I went through. Uh, secondly, how do I make a difference so that people who will come in after me do not have to go through what I went through? And it was a matter of saying, I spend 8 to 10 hours a day in the office. It's the most time I spend of my day is at work. And if I cannot bring my whole self to work, I am not doing justice to this organization that I'm working for. If there is part of me that I have to leave at the door my sexual orientation and I can't be my authentic self in the office I'm not doing justice firstly to myself and I'm not doing justice secondly to the organization because I'm now going to be constantly you know, checking out the corner who's seeing me, who doesn't see me and so forth. So for me that was very important and to also assist other people within the, the, the organization to actually be Able to be themselves, to bring them themselves to the office. Um, so, just specifically,
1: could what do you specifically do? So,
2: yeah. so I am um, the founder and chairperson of the Shell LGBTI Network in South Africa for Shell Downstream, South Africa, and yes. yes. That's Thank you.
1: Awesome. Next person. Anything? Okay. Yeah. Oh. So like, like when you got the invitation and like the whole title around trade unions and LGBTI people, what did it mean for you? What were you thinking Like What are the things you want to push me actually highlight in the discussion? Um, look, the first thing is uh, when I got the
3: invitation, I, I, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to to network now that we, we're starting to uh, see that uh, deal with LGBTI uh, issues in the in the EU. By the way, uh, I am a national office bearer of of of, of SACU. Uh, my position is, is is gender. So, amongst other things that I must do is to work on issues of inclusivity. And uh, so, I thought uh, for, for for us as an organisation to be able to take this way forward, it's important that we must come to fora. Forums like this, so that we will be able to get information and be able to uh, uh, put more, more, more work on, on issues of LGBTI. Because my, my belief is it's only through education we can be able to change perceptions and stereotypes.
4: Okay, thank you.
5: Uh, I'm from I'm actually representing the Southern Africa Miners Association who are mostly migrants. Normally, we have been classified as people. And, uh, and that's where there's the people that are in community. So within that space, we, we've been actually trying to work together and trying to keep with each other on part of human rights. And uh, you will basically maybe know that when you are a migrant Previously, we used to work in the for a very long period away from the 30th century. And you know for sure that um, the only person that you see is another man. And for a period of time, we've been living their life. And then now we are in the spaces, in the community, all back to our countries. We dedicate ourselves on what best can we do for those communities, and also try to change what has been happening Surely, you will know that uh, within the civil society, because our organization is part of the civil society, the organization that is represented in seven countries, which is Botswana, Lesotho, Swaziland, Mozambique, Namibia, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. So, within that space, we've been actually in contact with the uh, the community, and in fact we were looking at how we can ensure that we are all inclusive in programming and as well as other worldwide aspects of protected. <laughs> yeah. So it actually played in that field and ensuring that uh, whether it's a, a key population, whether it's a GDGI or my workers,
1: or my they've got access to basic health services. Thank you for that. And guys, also, mm-hmm. um, like I said, we're going to free flow. So feel so free to anything, just put on your hand and you can, can ask your questions or comments, right? Um, Thank you for that, Brinola. So um, just for, for me, like, let me just add something. Like, when I got the whole, the, the whole thing around like, trade unions and LGBTI, and for me, I must admit, like, except like trade unions, LGBTI, trade unions. despite in South African history, the word trade unions, it's sort of like sense, you know, shock waves you throughout quite sometimes, time because when you think right units you think people who specifically and usually are quite um, quite 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 pronounced in terms of saying about injustices and in terms of like the rights. Let's talk about the rights. Is this included where are the other groups of people? And for me, to be honest, I've never necessarily actually put LGBT people in the same line as straight units. Because the LGBT people and the LGBT work that we do it's often not, you know, the issues are often not put forward. You know, you talk about race, it's very pronounced. You talk about gender issues, it's very pronounced. But LGBTI usually does not really come across. So, but then, I think this is a starting of a conversation in terms of, I think from your angle, for Shell, for instance, you get specifically had a network that's specifically about LGBTI issues, and keeping, making sure that everything that goes in and out of the country, is it inclusive or not, you know? versus we start to, start to be saying, the word is inclusivity, so they're looking at what they currently have and seeing how can we integrate LGBTI issues, not necessarily having a standalone LGBTI identity, you know what I mean? And lastly, when you're talking about that, you notice that you've been deemed a key population, migrant workers are very vulnerable to certain things, and so are the LGBTI. Yeah. So in the line of the GIGOTIS, they're like, this, both these groups are quite vulnerable, and th- we can cluster it all together so that we can have more justice done to, you know, key population for instance. So, that being said, I want to go back to your angle when you're talking around, uh, you it's very interesting that, you know, you work, where you work, you spend sort of like a third of your day there. Mm-hmm. So it's very important for you to actually be, do you mean to be out and proud? Or do you mean to be, what specifically do you mean around it when you talk about being out, about your sexual orientation? So, so, so for us, it's, it's, it's about
2: Number one, the individual. You know, One has to always respect the individual in terms of uh, their choices. But we, as an organization, always say um, that the network wants to make sure that we have created a space where anyone who feels that they need to come out, they can come out. They do not have to be afraid that they will be discriminated against in terms of their career projections because one of the things that, and let's be honest, one of the things that a lot of people do not come out in the corporate space is because they are very afraid the fact that my career projection is going to be stifled. Mm -hmm. I will not be able to grow as fast uh, uh, as I can because of the fact that. I am an openly self identifying lesbian, transgender, oh. gay man,
1: um, and therefore I can't do this. So it's, it's about affirming, that space must be affirming that I can if I want to. If you want to. Okay. So if you feel that you're more
2: comfortable, and, and, and coming back to your one of the statements you, you talked about, races, races, you can see a person's race. You can see a person's gender to a certain extent, right? Or a person's sex let's rather say that. But, sexual orientation, you cannot see, you know? It's one of those um, it's one of those things that, uh, if, if you were to use the uh, iceberg uh, scenario, it's one of those things that are below the water, you can't see that. So, there are certain people who would um, are openly gay, and can, you can actually see that this person is gay, um, but you never know with sexual orientation, you it know, doesn't have a face. it doesn't have a, exactly it doesn't have a face. So the best thing that we can do as a company and as other corporates, you know, within I mean, we've got the round table right now, which is a group of corporates that are have got LGBTI plus infinity groups, whereby we sit around the table on a quarterly basis and we discuss what are the challenges and how do we create such environments so that anyone that comes in whether as a graduate, whether at uh, middle management, at senior management they are able to bring their whole self to work if they choose to do that we don't, we don't pull people and pluck them out of the closet, no you can't do that you
1: don't say come out, come out no, <laughs> the person needs
2: to be you can only create an environment that is inclusive and then leave it to the person in terms of say, can I come out and be myself
1: Thank you for that, and I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on the metal of the word, I mean the word itself, coming out. It's a very quiet, sometimes it's very, it means to, to different people. Like some people can be out in one space and not in the other space, and vice versa. And sometimes, what are the functions and what are the positiveness around coming out? Should one come out, Should people should come out. And I love when you're saying like, you're not saying to people they must come out, come out wherever you are, because some people when they come out, it's at stake. Some people lose friends, some people lose lives. <laughs> for just coming out. But then how do you also make sure that in that space, your space that says, basically it's okay to be who you are and also highlighting the fact that you know what, you don't gay for a living, you don't lesbian for a living, it's just a part of who you are, you know. So, but, I want to go back uh, to the statue in terms of like, are you working with, I mean, it's teachers, you know, teachers are sort of like the backbone of everybody goes through a teacher. So it's a very, 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 um, an amazing space and and a huge opportunity to actually educate people right so but what are the specific challenges that made you as a way that you know like the LGBT agenda needs to now come to the table as we were talking earlier on around that you're doing a lot of gender work mm-hmm. and then now the term become inclusivity so but, but what specific challenges that LGBT people um, went through or what challenges that came to the part of you guys that I wanted to um, consider the first thing is when you because we also
3: have the, the welfare side, in, in the general Our messaging in terms of uh, HIV and AIDS does not does not include LGBT people. People take for for granted that uh, uh, for same sex, you you not have issues of HIV. The second thing, uh, because the seminar is talking about economic empowerment of LGBT people, people who. who who are out and proud of, of who they are gets to be discriminated when they go for interviews uh, in terms of their 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 progress. I can make an example. Um, I was called by a, a principal in KZ. Uh She is she's a lesbian identifying woman, and then what happened is she applied for a position of uh, the principal. The yeah. Uh, to be a, a, a principal and uh, she performed well in, in, in that interview but the problem was with the community uh, what happened is uh, when parents got to know that the principal of that particular school is a lesbian then they voted with their foot uh, meaning they took kids out of that school so the numbers in terms of enrollment in that particular school went down because the parents believe that she will bring this demon to uh, the to to kids. To kids. Uh, that, 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 that's one of the things. The, the other thing that you get is uh, we, we had a seminar recently where we had LGBT people. Uh, we called them because we decided as an organization that you can't have a conversation and talk about people and they are not there to, to give you their views as, as, as people who are directly affected. And one of the participants in the seminar said, I aspire to be a district director at some point, but I am, I am stagnant at a point of a deputy principal because when I go for interviews, and the moment I enter into the room, I'm judged before I even open my mouth. Okay.
1: Because of like this one, had you had about you? sexual orientation or gender identity and I mean linked to that you talk, you you mentioned something along the lines that you know sexual orientation you know, to, like it' was something that you see but and when it comes up with gender as well I mean the gender you get different variations You get some people who are like not necessarily traditionally conforming to the gender or whatever things but then when they work into a space already people taking note that people start a question basically so, what
2: are so, you what are you not? So Jay, can I just come in there? So, so one of the things that we did at Shell, um, because the the whole LGBTI class um, uh, 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 finished group is a journey, so one of the things that we took upon ourselves was the fact that we looked at our middle management and we said, these are the people that hire and fire, these are that actually put out those job skills and so forth. How can we train them and make sure that they're equipped and, and, and remove those unconscious biasness? Because that's what it is to a lot of people. It is unconscious because it it, it's, it's, it, it goes back to that whole thing of the, the school groups, um, the, the, the boys' class. I, I want people, I want to interview, I want to a team with people who look who sound like me that I can relate to um, and one thing that we started doing is that we started challenging middle management to say if if there is 10 of you in a team and all 10 of you think look and, and do things the same the other nine are not required because then that team is not diverse and, and, and we started going through that. It has been a two year journey which has been pretty tough because you, you're really trying to change behavior and you want to bring out the unconscious biases. And we've started saying to people, start, start identifying that in yourself firstly and start calling people out in terms of those unconscious biases. Because we asked we ask a simple question. if a person that I asked, I, I said, if a person comes in to the organization it's a group of engineers, that's what we are in SHR. Group of engineers, we do graphs, we do all of that. A person comes in, they don't look like you, they are wearing a full-on suit, and they are wearing high heels. And you're interviewing them, and they're the best candidate. Will you take them or will you not? And they, they tell you straight up, I'm going through a transition. In the next year, I'm not gonna be a man, I'm gonna be a woman, or vice versa. Will you hire them, you know? Um and, and it was it, it was it was sad in terms of the feedback that a lot of people had got unconscious pastors saying that no i wouldn 't and, and and the question then we asked is why, and most of it was based on fear. it was really based on fear, so with that came the fact that how do we then start addressing this within our organization and remember <laughs> the fear and, and really getting those people in the middle management to really come on board because it's very easy to get top management <coughs> to buy it. And top management buys in quite, quite easy. But the people that hire and fire are the people you that are work. that you need to specifically <laughs> work
6: on.
1: Thanks for this Welcome for Neville and then, yeah, I think I think this panel is really well positioned to address a, a complex issue.
6: And the issue is that um, I think generally all agree that organizing management-level people in decision-making, with decision-making power in the private sector is really important. important. We've seen a whole lot of progress on that. But how do we make sure that um, this doesn't reinforce a class-based approach to organizing? So in the world of work in general, and in the economy in general, What do we need to do to make sure that um, this does not become some people who are in some way discriminated against, but in another way privileged, benefiting at the expense of other workers? How do we make sure that there's a broad-based organizing and mobilization of people in in the world of work? So that we multiply the advocacy influence of LGBTI people, not in a class-based way. May I could just jump into
5: what Ned was going to I would actually comment based on on my background in mm-hmm. that work. I'm sure that uh, I've been hearing the corporate and I've been hearing most of these, they fall under the second class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kind of uh, <coughs> society, but when you look going down to, to the lower level, to the to those that are getting peanuts, or no those peanuts. that are lowly lowly paying, it it, it 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 falls back to the union they, they are who represent and as well as civil society, mm-hmm. because most of the time you will find them that the they, they are not aware of their rights and because more information from my colleague from Shed, it's actually not going down to the community. So the response that I might have is that we need to create a space. We've got the group up there in corporate and how can the group at corporate go down to the ground in order to, to, to have a very strong campaign and that campaign is actually inclusive. Looking to how we, how we did from our level ground, we, we find that uh, whatever programming that we are doing on HIV, most of the time, the people who are living with maybe with gays and lesbians, they were not part of the program, and every programming that was tailored was tailored to suit only a class of the people so we wanted to include them so we address the structures ensuring that they got the representation at that level and then from that level their representation was so meaningful in a sense that we even encouraged them to start what we normally call it support groups because coming out is not a very simple thing that you can wake up tomorrow and say, I declare, but it's a process. You have to go through a process of accepting yourself. You have to, once you have accepted yourself, and you've got a vision of yourself going forward, it is the time when you start to prepare yourself, that you literally disclose, and then after disclosing, then from your own, then before you can get up. So within that space, we ensure that the programming, structurally, has been addressed, and that actually covers most of these vulnerable employees, or who has been opted, maybe by the systems opted out, and those are the low, lower level class. And again, within that, we, we were able to support them. By supporting them, that is mean educating about LGBT, people I mean and as well as bringing awareness. In Swaziland, if you can, maybe I'll make an example. I won't talk about the other countries, but talking basically in Swaziland, you know that the system of governance is totally different from other countries. We've got a very unique uh, I mean, uh, constitution and other instruments. And maybe uh, that's what we basically talk about. And when you look at those instruments, they don't accommodate LGBTI. So it needs the advocacy. It cannot be the LGBTI community alone that can actually move that campaign. In order to have a successful campaign, the whole civil society and the organization must understand actually move the campaign. And that's why we had awareness building. It started with my organization. And then we move with with the small groups of uh, uh, LGBTI communities or Organization up until we have the, um, almost like a stronger one. And then we recently had the meeting where we're bringing the, the church leaders in order to understand and also embrace and protect the rights of the people with, uh, who are LGBT jobs. And then we move up until we had the first wide March. in so It has never been happening before. It, it was very successful. We, it was like an eye-opening that the government has moved one half a step towards recognising human rights. Mm-hmm. So yes, it needs that the top must link to the bottom, so then we can all fight for the same cause. The rights that the corporate, I mean, experience must be the right that is experienced by the lower. Paid employee, yeah, and as well as in order to have the acceptance, there is a role that needs to be played by communities, which means families.
1: Mm-hmm. It's taking it. So it's quite layered, and yes, like are there also. I mean, I'm thinking a lot about the word intersectionality because what you're talking about is like not a person is not one thing. Mm-hmm. A person can be LGBT, I can also be a migrant worker, can also be HIV positive. So there you have already three layers of where consideration needs to happen. So on that on, on that note, sorry, like I know we're running out of time as well. So like I just wanted to move on to the just fifty to say before the closing I Just wanna go to Yeah, my interest yeah. is on strategies. What strategies mm-hmm. can we employ around mm-hmm. um, making sure
7: that trade unions, right, yes. have um, they do something around uh, so, basically, like solutions. It's, what can we do? Yeah, what what, what, what can, can we do? Yeah. Because I, I was challenging DOKAS at the to <laughs> <DOKAS, laughs> What does the constitution say? It is very ambiguous yeah, um, yeah. around sexual orientation. And how do we have constitutions of, of, of organizations like trade unions hmm. that don't correlate to what the constitution of the country says? Exactly. And also, how do we bridge the gap between the management and and the grants, yeah. and, and, and and the person uh, pouring? Uh, Petrol. petrol I mean, on that
1: note, I want to just say that, I mean, for instance, it, I'm thinking about you because you guys have a specific LGBTI network within your company, and using that example, somebody who's pouring petrol, you know, like, because people in the office, they get opportunities to be insensitized, to, to be affirmed, to be almost given that education. So what, what is the next step for that person that petrol with the petrol at and also given the same opportunities? So, 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 so it's, as, as,
2: as you say, it's, very layered. So at corporate, we've done that. And what we've got as well, we've got our regional offices. So we've gone to our regional offices, engage with people in regional offices. Then we've also got our depots, where you find that within the depots, the the smell of the place, I can use that, <coughs> is totally different. Um, very male dominated. And when you come into that space and you start talking LGBTI. So we had to really relook the structure in terms of how do we engage at that level. And we had to select champions because it's easier if a person from there comes through and you know is, is a champion of LGBTI DNI and, and and how we've started with the engagement is that we talk about DNI diversity and inclusion. We don't talk about LGBTI. DNI we talk, we talk about gender. We talk about Unconscious bias. We talk about all that, and we include LGBTI in that in that space because then it becomes a broader spectrum. It's not us coming to feed them with the gayness, you exactly. know. Exactly. And it's very important important to talk about that. We talk about the four quadrants, you know, sexuality versus gender, sexual orientation. We talk about that, and then we we leave the champion and we empower the champion to start the engagement at that level, to start having. Those lunch and learns to have people talk about such initiatives so as the, well. Yeah, as well as, as 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 I mean, we we found out that one of our service stations has got a a, a gay man um in, in Friday, one of our service stations. <laughs> we, we, yeah, in Friday, out of all places. <laughs> And if it was interesting and, 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 and the owner of the garage came to us because he had seen that we have an LGBTI network and said, I want you to sensitize the people at the garage about LGBTI issues because you know, one of my stars at this garage is an openly
1: gay man. You know? So so Linda, that, on that, sorry, we're running out of time On that, I think also what's coming out strong is the fact that education, 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 Absolutely. conversation and understanding this whole thing around what is so key, what is that. But also, a as well, you have to be very careful that when you introduce all these things, you don't say to, you have to, you have to do the people, here's the gay agenda, let's talk about the games. Yeah. Because that that stigmatizes people. Yeah. So it needs serious integration of what's already existing. So then, I mean, for what you're talking about in terms of side that structure when, about teachers especially when they find they're found as a gay teacher there's panic like, clearly there's a huge disconnection of understanding then what do we do those conversations what should they look like so so
2: i don't want to take on so i want to know, i want to talk about that but i also want to bring the strategy part so for me it's very important to um one of the things that we did as a network we, we, we went through our uh, policies within the organization with the fine comb, and we started talking about things like the the uh, maternity policy, that it is not inclusive, and, and how do we make it inclusive? It talks about a woman. Uh, uh, it should talk about the primary caregiver and the secondary caregiver. You know what I mean? Uh, so it starts with that, in terms of really looking at those, and, and, and starting to have even through the point where when we, we look at our um, uh, the process of, 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 of bringing in employees into shell, the process of um, identifying uh, garage owners, which we call retailers, how do we identify them? Are they in line with the diversity and inclusiveness of the organization? Are they in line with our ethics and compliance policies in terms of that? Because they are basically representing us as a brand. So from a strategy point of view, it starts there. But at the same time, to Neville's point, in terms of you don't want it to be a class, class thing. Mm-hmm. It's about going down to your regions and having those hard and crucial conversations in
7: there. Right here. Right here. We
2: have to
4: go
2: there and have those... Conversations with them in terms of say, you know, this person, they have they have six-hour shifts at a garage. So every day, six hours for about five days of the week, they are at work, and they need to bring their whole self. If we say in head office. You need to bring your whole
1: self to work but then, at also, the regional also wanna, and at the garage. I also want us to look at this like, yes, on one level, it's amazing to push all these agendas to build affirming spaces. But then, how do you also strike the balance of it not coming across as special attention? You know what I mean? You can bring issues to people and say, like, okay, fine, we get it, we accept people. But then, why do you? I mean, you get something as, big as basic as people say, then, do you guys need separate toilets? Do you know, things like that. So then, we brought us on with special attention, special. Treatment, which of course we know that it's going to be about equal treatment, but what I'm trying to what I'm driving at here is this: How do we strike spread that balance? where we say, if we find that at hate, like they have a staff meeting for instance every Monday, all the workers, and they talk about issues and challenges that are been generally affecting them, can one of those issues there include um, understanding people who are different in terms of gender? Then, what I mean? Without necessarily calling it specifically gay session now. Now let's talk about the gays. so we can make because then again sometimes we also want we're speaking for people who maybe don't want us to speak for them because we might make other people even more vulnerable. Do you understand? Yeah. What? So we have to strike that balance, and I want thoughts around that, And especially in terms of like the statue. I mean, when you look at something like the teachers, you know, thing you get you get teachers who are also LGBTI get students who so are LGBTI. Research has been done where like a teacher could be LGBTI themselves and when they see another openly um, student who's LGBTI they actually even become harder on the you know the project stuff on the students. So but the teachers as a teacher are they protected as well? Then the government bodies as well. You know how do we take the conversation all the way back to that top but also making sure that it also reaches the ground. But I
3: think uh, if, if Take it, for instance, in terms of education. Coming to, to be, now that we have taken a step to be able to deal with issues that are, are inclusive, uh, we're going to a national congress, and definitely one of the things that we will need to amend there is our constitution. So that it talks to, to, talk to uh, yeah. yeah, it's
4: inclusive. It's inclusive, yes. Uh,
3: because there's a disconjunction between. The gender policy that talks about LGBTI issues and the constitution of the union does not address that, so we have to close that anomaly. And the Congress is the only place where we can be able to do it. And I promise you, we will do that. Uh, the second thing is, um, look, we, we, we in 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 conversations we have, parents who are not necessarily gay, but we have children who are who who are LGBTI, and they they're not. They're not sure what to do uh, uh, in terms of uh, protecting them and supporting them and all those things. Those are the things that we we got when we have conversations when we talk about inclusivity. And like you say, uh, it's not like we go and say now we talk about LGBTI issues. We talk about inclusivity uh, in general. As I said, we're addressing issues of people living with albinism, uh, people living with disability, because this. These are issues that the organisation, I think, for a long time has been shying away to 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 deal with. But the other thing that I think that we we must do as an organisation is to go back to our schools because uh, many of the policies that we have in our schools are old-fashioned. Uh, they were adopted in 1920. They still use them now because one thing that is used. For exclusion, for instance, is uniform in our schools. Uh, we get a lot of cases. We got a case two years ago when, where a child could not write examinations because he preferred to wear a trouser instead of a skirt and lo- lost the whole year uh, because of that. And those are the things that we, we need to address. But we'll bring them in terms of addressing human rights issues and issues of. of, of of, of inclusivity because there are parts that I think we're not addressing as an organization. Is, uh, when we go to negotiations, uh, we, we we discuss like uh, there's a man and a woman and, and nobody else. Uh, the
1: binary way of yes,
3: and the resolutions that come out of bargaining uh, addresses the two and do not address any other person that can exist and identify. Uh, differently. So we thought what we must do is to for instance have workshops and have partnerships with organizations that deal with LGBTI issues so that we, we also address that issue. That when we go to uh, bargaining we, we we open-minded. We don't think of when we think of maternity leave we don't think of people who are going to adopt and, and all uh, uh, kind of also. So it's sort
1: of like Unfortunately, we almost, it's sort of like we need to also relearn certain things exactly. and then when we have to unpack it and then put it together again exactly. and it's going to be a difficult task of course because people, especially those, those laws that have been made, people are going to be, it's going to be difficult for them to let go of them but I think the point becomes education and sensitization and around making people understand, see the other side and see basically, not just even the other side but actually the whole picture, the whole, you know, rainbow so to speak. Because I mean the idea is that people tend to think it's around, I mean the issue just used about a good thing. People will quickly look at it and call it a gay thing and it's actually maybe not. It could be a trans issue. Mm-hmm. So people don't understand the difference between gay issues and trans issues. So how do we unpack that? How, how do, in, in any meeting basically, if there's a meeting talking about gender, whatever thing, how do we talk about all types of genders, mm-hmm. including straight people, mm-hmm. all types of whatever? Because then that sort of like normalizes every way of being. So that, that policy maker, when he's drafting something, he knows that you know like it's not just about cis, me being cis-heterosexual, sexual. But what people are the opposite of what I am doesn't speak to them yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's about those little little strokes. So, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, please, and then we'll go away to you. We've got about ten more ten minutes left. So L- looking, look at, it, looking uh, at what my colleague
5: has been saying as well as my uh, it's quite important. And you uh, cannot leave the others out. Uh, I was actually talking about how how people become sensitive at community level against uh, an employee who who might be an Yeah. So I think the the knowledge base, uh, the knowledge part, and the building of awareness. It, it must not be only at the workplace. Because the psychosocial support that that person might get will be at work. But the worst part of things will happen at home. Because at home, you know, my sister actually gave birth to a boy. But at the age of 25, he started to change. And we, in the family setting, He was not supported because he was a a female, and it took us some time to build out, I mean, understanding within the family setting that this is our nephew and we must accept. And it disturbed him; it disturbed him totally where he was working because he was he didn't have a space to come back and be accepted, and as well as the workplace was not accepted. So that's why it's very important that we do have these small groups, and we must encourage them, because those are the groups that they could build the best support around any person with uh, any misunderstanding of LGBTI, so And it will offer the, 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 the psychosocial support. Definitely, but
1: you're also raising up in that even these issues around LGBTI issues, they're not only about LGBTI issues, because you can be not an LGBTI person, but what you can take from it, you can take home and also heal and way. solve. <laughs> so like so these issues are closer than we actually, think. they're not just in one's confined spaces. And that's why I think what you were angry about when you're talking around, it's around understanding human sexuality actually. So through that lens, people get to normalize every way of being.
7: Oh, yeah, it was uh, just two comments from me. Uh, yeah, um, I'm very encouraged. Uh, and we that the unions are also joining the faith. So there's definitely hope for South Africa. Uh, and hopefully that will also draw to other African countries. You know, our, our neighbors also, you know, will see uh, progress. It's going to be long.
1: I, I feel for two days, taking the that this ride. Yeah, but it's just yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a it's a good start. It's a,
7: yes. it's a positive start,
1: and after all these years of
4: of, of, nice. of struggling, so we, so we're so, on the right track of we something. We are definitely. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, f- for, to have certificates, yeah. because because yeah. have... In another setting we had, I mean, where I work, we had uh, a request from the South African Council of Churches mm-hmm. saying, Jay, please come in a little discussion with realizing that we've been hurting people. Mm-hmm. And that was, co- that's colossal. That's amazing mm-hmm. that people are now really to have this conversation and more those things are needed. Mm-hmm. So that okay. said, yeah. We're t- actually working with them, mm-hmm. uh, the churches, mm-hmm. because we have noticed people
3: put religion and culture mm-hmm. uh, before they can be Uh, we we had them, we had a prayer in place where we called the priests to lead that prayer and predominantly we had LGBTI people to be in that, so it's a conversation that we're taking as an organization that, uh, because people tend to hide behind religion, but you will not understand uh, uh, the stereotyping that is there amongst 80 people, and I, I, I think the other thing that we need to influence is the curriculum in terms of training of educators mm, must yes, change yes. Uh, yes. And, and be inclusive. Because there's a part in, in, in life orientation where we talk about talks about sexuality. Instead of talking about that, educators tend to run away uh, mm. from addressing that because <laughs> of their stereotypes. and.
1: and but just their, to jump in there also, I mean, to be on their side of it, well, we've, we've done a lot of work with teachers as well. And, you know, the curriculum, the ALO, it's about sexuality and things like that. And you get some champion teachers who want to talk about it, but what will happen is like they will talk about it in class, the kids will go tell their parents, mm-hmm. and the parents accept the teacher. And now when the teacher is quite firm, but he wants support so that the school can also help him, the school doesn't suddenly have support as well. So that is, it becomes a very volatile process in terms of saying, how do we support the teachers? In terms of like saying to a parent, this is what the, the, the curriculum says. Of course, you get other teachers who will see it, but they will skip it. And in most cases, because of insecurities are not getting support around you. So I'd like to go to the side, and, and, and then we're going to give open input. Thank you so much for a really, really great
8: panel. It's really informative. Um, I just want to ask about... I sometimes feel like as an LGBT community we work in silos and we don't necessarily like try to reach out to other parts of the community. And, we, and the unions is sometimes very untouched yes. as a, from the community. We don't even think about it. It's their issue. Um, so how do we actually break that to where LGBT community can actually start engaging? Because at the, at the end of the day, it's a human rights issue. Yes. And, and this is also related to my second question about where, and this is a, 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 a issue that I'm trying to also figure out is, in countries, and, and I think particular, for example, Swaziland, where the East government tried to clamping down the civil society space and the right to associate and the right to organize, how does one bring the LGBT topic to the forefront when there's already a broader limitation of the right to associate and to organize? So how do we make it current so that people not try to say what you mentioned earlier on about Trying to play special rights when we have broader issues here about the freedom of association, but we're trying to make LGBT rights current and linear to the core. I
3: think the way we want
8: to look yeah? at right, yeah. the approach
3: could be when you when you discuss gender, uh, it should be open so that you, you, you don't have, uh, you make people uncomfortable and talk, uh, so that you're able to play the barrier. And, and like you said, address all issues when you talk to, to gender, so that you open people's minds. Because on the other hand, you might blame people, but it's out of ignorance and lack of information uh, that we we, must, we we need to bring uh, that conversation in that way. Then you'll be able, because I can tell you, when I came into society, this was a no-no. Uh, and But I, I am happy, and I always tell people, that at least there's a step towards the right direction, that the president of such at least is able to talk about this issue. For me, it's a step because it was just a no-no. Uh, you, you wouldn't discuss it in a meeting, but we're able to to discuss. But the other thing, I think we're also pushed by civil society because they kept on writing to such that uh, here's an issue. We want to have a conversation with you. Uh, how how, how how do we get you and um, uh, that's think the conversation starts Just in the, the organisation. Because you can ignore
1: others. now coming in. exactly. So some is also very
2: important. I yes. think. Do you want to say something I think you? two things. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to share a story. My sister, my eldest sister, is a, is, is a teacher an actually, and um, <laughs> she she does life orientation and, and she's in Kateden so That's where she teaches in. in
6: Rural, rural
2: and she invited me over to to come talk about being an openly gay man, you know, at the school. And I had a talk with the learners, and firstly with the, the teachers, and talking to them about what it is all about. And then after that, with the learners about it. And it, it was very interesting. Uh, the the lack of information that was there. Because for them, a gay man doesn't wear a suit. A gay man wears a dress and puts on lipstick. That is what they know. know, So trying to break down those stereotypes that have been learned over years was quite a challenge because here I come in wearing a suit and I self-identify as a gay man and I'm discussing this with them. and the teachers are saying no, your brother's not gay when I'm a man yeah, eh? he, doesn't, this, look he doesn't look gay yeah. he's playing yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 around with us saying <laughs> don't come
1: play with us <laughs> yet. Yeah.
2: so it was that so type so basically of discussion it's
1: around, it's around going back to all those concepts of what gender is of yes. why gender experience. and the thing about also gender as well I mean, when you, typically you say to people gender, people think around body parts, we're mm-hmm. not think about what's between the legs, we're yeah, yeah. not think, think about what's between the ears, mm-hmm. we're talking about identity, mm-hmm. we're talking about expressions and identity expressions have nothing to do with body parts mm-hmm. and, and and it's, it's it's. we've got a lot of work to do mm-hmm. but it's around talking like in those boardroom meetings or whatever things, starting to make sure that even poli- highly educated people have misinformation, mm-hmm. you know what I mean basically people who actually um, Help create stereotypes. They don't know proper in health information. So yeah, we need to all work Last point. I, can okay. I,
4: can I talk to yeah, right here Yeah, we're running out of time. i
5: ask you for like the, ten the seconds. The issue around <laughs> society and the closing of spaces by governments—it's it, a reality. But I can tell you that there are opportunities, and uh, n- no one actually cannot see the the right time the I mean, the right time for inclusions now. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't have any fear for that. But yes, if you look at the progress that the other countries are doing, Switzerland yes, it's behind, but I think we are getting there. Looking at the number of, um, mm-hmm. uh, of people that are coming out, and uh, they also come from corporate, it's, it's lawyers. So I, I think it actually put government in a position to to be at ease and accepting uh, LGBTI. but yes, the role that has been played by civil society is quite
1: big, and that's
5: why I'm very happy when we have corporate uh, representatives and as well as the unions, because the unions, they have to ensure that they take it up to, to in southern Africa, they take it and make an agenda for for Saqtuk for, for so then SADC could actually tailor it in a way that it moves to the, to the regional uh, discussions, right. or, not in SADC, in the regional discussions. And then on the other hand, civil society will continue to engage uh, the SADC um, Council of NGOs in regards to the issues of GDPTIs in the region. So there is a room, and as long as resources are there, I think we can actually move
4: yeah.
1: All right, just one last point from the floor okay. and then we close this, 10, 10, know, 10 it's seconds. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's actually a suggestion. Well, I had a question I think
4: companies, especially corporate, corporate, um, they need to actually plug into media platforms. Because, you know, media platform will fast-trick information quicker than, you know, you sitting in as a bunch of, you know, teachers, you know, we're only discussing LGBTI issues or K shell we're discussing such kind of issues. So if we have like a media platform or companies that should plug into media platforms so that they can fast track that information because believe you me every person that lives in South Africa everywhere in the world they can TV and they watch TV. So if we talk about men being in a relationship with another man, that to another person they can see. Like right now, what's happening on you know the stupid asobis we see a person that live well that lives as an LGBTI person. But what happened you know, after that? It takes off, you know, the act of being an LGBTI person and it becomes itself and then when an LGBTI person
1: outside meeting that person, they start acting homophobic. You see? So, so like, I mean, it's such a one, like media is very powerful, but also if media is powerful, what kind of information, is the information healthy or does it perpetuate? Because we know sometimes how media can sometimes perpetuate stereotypes, and then that can also be a backlash on that. So goes back to that, like even the media platforms, the people who write up those articles, are they sensitized? Is the information they're going to have authority or not? Mm-hmm. Do we hold them accountable? So we need a body that also looks at that, in a sense. But I think overall, we are agreeing strongly that more and more education in different kind of moments. And people are ready to have these discussions, just they don't have spaces. They don't know how to bring up these conversations. So serious integrity is so still happening. As a final 10, second, yeah, so 10 seconds. Uh, <laughs> maybe just as a, uh, a point for other
7: companies,
1: best practice mm-hmm. that we've used. We, uh, um, at IBM, we created, and um, they
7: are called LGBT, Business forum Mm -hmm. within IBM. So it includes uh, employees, uh, managers, uh, first, second, and third level managers, and also policy makers. So every year they sit once a year to review the LGBTI policy specifically at IBM. Yeah, and they review and include the HR people as well, just to say, okay over the past year, what are the trends or new issues that you saw arising? And I mean, and, 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 and they discussed that and they look at the policy and amend where they need to amend and, they and build know. a business case around that for for adoption by the CEO. So every year, once a year, for example, trans issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until about five years ago, there was nothing on trans in the IBM policies because they are so there's a lot of work that they've done over the past five. Right? And another thing, you know, most of the time, we always think we're educating heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. Even us as LGBTI employees, mm-hmm. I, I was amazed how much I didn't know about trans, mm-hmm. transgender people. And they are part of, are, the tea is right next to the end. <laughs> so, it's like, wow. So, so it's not just, it's not just educating, you know, people who we think don't know. Mm-hmm. It's also I a mean, as, as, well. as well. Definitely. And the world is changing. People are evolving. So there's new things that are coming as well and you know, new technologies, all those things. So everyone needs to be at the top of their game. Whether you're gay or lesbian, you don't know everything. You need to constantly so keep
1: educating so. yourself and, and you know, yes. I mean like what you also touching on I mean and I'm thinking of also also to you. I mean, Shell, we've got a, a specific LGBTI network thing in South Africa, but we also have, like, I mean, companies all over Africa as well. So maybe even, even also with IBM, what I can see that is there a way on how we can put pressures on other countries? You know, Shell, whatever country, saying, like, look, this is happening here, and you, we know that you people in there. Of course, it's of course, I mean, to be creative around that. But I like to think, like, in mean, South Africa, it is a ground where it's, you know, on the, high, the highest levels okay the country where you are, but we know that on the ground it's still quite problematic. But it's an amazing space where we can start negotiations and conversations and things like that. But then how, as trade unions, also can you sort of like influence your sister organizations in other countries, for instance, to say, you need to start taking up this or start having a conversation of this or come and train you so that in your own country you can start having those conversations. So just a few thoughts on that. That's for you. OK, yes. so,
2: so one thing that we we, we, we do in, in, in countries is that we, we're we very strong on forming partnerships with uh, lobbyist groups. So we, we, we don't go out and actually but we form partnerships with them in terms of them being able to make a difference in those countries. We always say that um, we will always abide to of wherever we work in. However, we are able to then form those partnerships with the different um, groups. Um, uh, We were very... India, uh, we were very much involved in that in terms of forming partnerships in India with the the local groups in terms of making sure that India becomes more inclusive for the view. And even before... the the legislation went up in India, we had already launched an LGBTI network in Shell India two years ago. Amazing. Uh, So as to start creating a safe space for people who are members of the LGBTI community, who work for Shell, so that when they come back to the office, as I said, one third of your day is spent in the office, and therefore that becomes a secure and protected environment while working on that Um, We've done the same in some some of the African countries that we we are have representation in in terms of creating those safe spaces in the office. And when we go there, we do talk about diversity and inclusion. The fact that we we may not talk about um, the LGBT part uh,
7: vigorously, but we do mention it there as well.
0: This is Gay Essay Radio's coverage of the South African LGBTI Business Summit.